0: Live Podcasts, stories from the road less traveled. What's up guys and welcome back to another podcast from the Combi Crew. We are here in our Combi broadcasting to the world, as we like to do sometimes. How are you doing, Leah?
1: I'm good, how are you? I know how you are. You've been with me all day, what are <laughs> you talking <laughs> <next> about? <laughs> 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 you I are, feel like I'm being interviewed.
0: You're just asking me for the people, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. She knows I'm fine. I'm always fine. <laughs> Anyway, today we have a pretty exciting podcast that we want to share with you. Uh, we've also released it on our YouTube channel as a video cast. I'm going to call it. I'm not sure if that's what it's called, but it is. Um, this is part of our Adventure Experts series where we invite you to sit down with us as we discuss travel, adventure and alternative living with people who are actually living this lifestyle. Um, so who have we got on the podcast today, Leon? Yeah,
1: today we have a guy called Aaron, who aka Hippie Van man, man, who has done the Pan American Highway roughly the same time as Ben did. Not as long as Ben did, but... That's
0: because I spent more time in mechanics and he was just having a good time.
1: He, yes, he, his stories are, are fantastic.
0: Yeah, Aaron actually did the journey also in a a bus and our experiences were very different. So it's quite an interesting conversation. We are putting this together because we want to... um answer some of the questions that people ask about traveling the longest road in the world, a.k.a. the Pan-American Highway. Yeah,
1: we actually met a lot of people doing this while we were up in Alaska. They were either starting their journey or ending their journey on the Pan-American Highway. Um, And they had a lot of questions, the ones that were beginning to, to start out. So we thought we'd do a podcast and ask somebody that has done it already. And we go through everything, everything from where you sleep...
0: So the gas quality. The
1: safety, everything, border crossings, insurance. How much
0: money will you need? Yep. Um, What's it like to cross the Darien Gap? Because as some of you probably know, there's no, the longest road in the world doesn't actually have a road all the way through. There's a gap um, between Panama and Colombia, where South America joins to Central or North America. Um, So, yeah, we've gone into lots of different stuff. Um, So if you are considering doing the Pan American Highway or you're just interested in hearing what it's been like, then you're in the right place. If you've got time and you want to watch it in video, uh, we did record it with how many cameras, Leah?
1: About four, five cameras.
0: Five, if you count the drone as well. Yes, we recorded this conversation with a drone as well. (laughs) Way OTT. Yeah. But anyway, it's there for you on our YouTube channel if you want to check that out. As a bonus for... um, for our podcast audience, we also have another Adventure Experts video about full-time living on the road that we recorded with Chris from Chris and G Travels, uh, another YouTube channel. That's not actually released on our YouTube channel yet, so it's only available as a podcast, and it's the previous episode, one before this. So you may also like that as well. But enough of me talking. Yeah. Let's introduce Aaron.
1: Yeah. Enjoy.
0: Aaron. Ben. Leah. <laughs> I'd say welcome, but we're sat here in your van, which feels like, thank you. (laughs) It feels like quite a privilege having watched you on the internet um, and followed your amazing journey and now we've managed to actually get together. So today we're going to be talking about that journey, about the infamous Pan-American highway, the longest road in the world. But um, before we dive into all of that and, and, you know, like get some tips for people that are hoping to do this. Yeah. Give us a bit of background about, like, your project and how you kind of started out. All right,
2: so, uh, I picked up this, this in 79, uh, back in 2011. It was a spur of the moment. Uh, I saw it on Craigslist and the price was right and made a deal with the previous owner and picked it up and then over the course of a few months started working on it, converting it and, uh... Took it to Burning Man with four friends and back. And then I took off to, Euro, or to Asia for a few years. Uh, for or, a few years? <laughs> no, a year and a half, sorry. It's still a long time. <laughs> yeah, almost, yeah. And uh, and then towards the end of the trip, I was thinking, what's next? And I said, well, I have this awesome Volkswagen. And what's the biggest road trip I could do? Uh, Pan America. So, uh, yeah, with that, I, I came back from Asia and had about a six-month trip. Uh, leeway to get prepared, and then I just hit the road and, and started the Hippie Van Man to kind of uh, follow the journey and, and share the journey with others and, you know, give other people the, the inspiration if maybe they'd want to start their own kind of
1: mm-hmm.
2: van life journey or, you know, whatever. So you
1: started <laughs> roughly the same time as ben. ben started his journey, roughly.
0: I think so. I was slightly ahead, like just... I was already on the road in South America, I think. Oh. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Well, I started uh,
2: August 2013 on the. On, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I was probably Canada. broken down
0: in some mechanic somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> crying well, at that
2: point. Funny story is actually, I had started, when I started creating Hippie Van Man, I was looking for other people doing similar things and I came across uh, hasta Alaska. And, and that uh, didn't put you off? Well, that was half of the motivation for doing my engine rebuild at the start of my trip uh, with someone much more experienced than myself because I was still relatively novice with with, uh, working with Volkswagens and cars in general. Um, So thankfully, because of watching... (laughs) <laughs> Ben's uh, troubles. He saved me quite a few by just biting the bullet and and doing the rebuild at the start. And that's
0: probably great advice straight straight off the bat. I mean, you can fix problems that you encounter anywhere in the world. Like you will be able to do it. It's not impossible. People do it that live there, so you can fix problems. But if you can eliminate some of those problems by starting out with a sound motor, you'll probably enjoy your time a lot more.
1: Yeah, because it's a long journey, so preparing the van as much as possible
2: for the journey. And, you know, doing so from the comfort of of your Mm -hmm. own home or or like somewhere that you've planned to do it rather than where you're kind of forced to do it, I guess, is a little bit easier. You know, you have more access to tools and, and so on, right?
1: Yeah. So before, when you started um, or thought about doing this journey, how long did you plan on taking or wanting to, did you have a, um, a uh, day was, in mind was, or was, was just going and seeing how long it would take you?
2: Yeah, it was pretty open-ended. Uh, luckily, because of my work, I can kind of work from the road, just need some Wi-Fi. It's kind of similar to like you guys, but a little different niche uh, What what we're doing. But um, so yeah, I was kind of just open, open-ended open and was going to see, see how it went and... I kind of had in mind like that was so that was August two thousand and thirteen I left, and I kind of had in mind that maybe I would try to try to get to Brazil for the World Cup, but uh sh- I'm sure you guys know you know you you get down the road and you find these places and you end up staying longer and, and you know
0: that's actually one of the questions I think um I'd like to ask you is like what do you think is um the right amount of time to do this kind of trip, or let me rephrase that the minimum and the maximum like. How quickly do you think you could do the Pan American Highway?
2: Um, well, I'd say just generally the longer you have the, the more you're gonna enjoy. I find like mm-hmm. you know, staying longer time in, in certain places you, you kinda get past just that initial seeing the place and actually kind of experiencing it more. So I'd always recommend as, as much time as you can possibly give to the, the journey. Try to take it. Um minimum I, I don't know uh,
0: you know i up until e- even into mexico i had people asking me at gas stations so how many days did it take yeah. to get here from chile <laughs> yeah. i'm like days like this is year
2: number three yeah <laughs> everybody's like what yeah i think I, i've met like a few people who've done it on motorcycle rather quickly like that tends Probably to be the a couple, norm, actually. Yeah, a couple months or something, yeah. maybe. A couple like... months. You, well, that
0: tends yeah. to be the thing because motorcycle travel is more uncomfortable. You're exposed <laughs> to the elements. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's been raining all day. You pull over. You have to sleep in a tent or your stuff's wet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of miserable. It's very exciting. It's very hardcore. And I definitely want to do it one day. But people that do it on bikes tend to do it quickly.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, I guess... As long as possible.
0: <laughs> you look pretty comfortable sat here in the hippie van yeah. right now. I mean, this is this is like a lounge, right? This yeah. is not something you'd have on a motorbike. So, no. you know, yeah. just for that reason alone, I think that's why yeah. motorcyclists do it quicker.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, roughly, people that want to do this trip or planning on doing it. Um, Really, it's better to get as much time as you can to do it because yeah. there are going to be things like breakdowns and things that are going to stop, like and you know, yeah. run out of money that you want to be prepared for as well. Exactly,
2: yeah. or yeah. even places yeah. that you just fall in love with and yeah, you, and and you want to. You don't yeah. want to be, you know, oh, I, I have this schedule I got to stick to. I only have this one, you know yeah two more months
0: you you hit onto a point just before you said that you were kind of planning this trip for like six months like Mm -hmm. doing a bit of research and thinking about it a lot of people get stuck in the planning stage for Mm -hmm. years um what advice do you have for people that are thinking about doing it
2: i would say like uh, as far as my planning it was more so more so preparation of the van just uh i redid kind of the interior configuration and uh got it kind of more you know working on the mechanics of everything um but as far as planning you know i did a little bit of research about the the darien gap which is obviously like a big concern everyone has like how am i going to ship it from panama to Colombia? like and uh but yeah besides that i mean i just figured i just you know kind of go with the flow follow the one and wherever you know the offshoots take you and yeah I didn't do a whole, whole lot other than that. I don't think you really need to, personally. I, I think that
0: um, a lot of people are in the dreaming stage and they some of them move on to the planning stage and even fewer of those people move on to the actual doing the adventure. And the biggest obstacle people have is moving from planning to doing. Yeah. And so the quicker you can do that... The better, really, like because mm-hmm. you can fix everything. You can, you'll know how you want to set up your van once you've been living in it a while. You know, you'll know what kind of travel you like doing, once you've experienced yeah. all that different type of travel. But
1: some people only have a certain amount of time. Like they're only off work for a couple of months or six yeah. months at a time or whatever. So they need to be. They don't want to have to sit and you know yeah, on the side that, of the road, yeah. Stuff I guess I that's
2: be... that's a big consideration is if you have an open-ended schedule you don't really need to plan you, you know it's much easier to go with the flow but if mm-hmm. you do have a limited amount of time you want to use it you know mm-hmm. wisely and see stuff but uh but I find like so many you get to places and you find out about stuff that like you know you might not have encountered in a guidebook or whatever yeah. and like that's that's part of the joy of the adventures yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm um, speaking of planning. Say, so did you learn Spanish beforehand, or did you learn it on the road?
2: Uh, I had backpacked once in South America for six months, uh, and like picked up some basics, but not really, not even really at a conversational level, more like a you know necessity level. And so essentially, it was all just picked up along the mm-hmm. way. Do you how, think you need it? Yeah. How important do you think Spanish is? For I don't. I don't think you need it at all, and I wouldn't like. I definitely wouldn't let that you know stop, stop you. you or scare you away um i think it's like it definitely adds to the value of the trip when you can mm-hmm. communicate with a, a larger you know pop portion of the population versus just yeah. the people who've who've learned english it changed my trip for me like i had more um memorable
0: uh, cultural experiences when when I could speak the language you know just even the little conversations with people and I, I did at the, the beginning I spoke no Spanish and after six months I spoke enough to get by and converse with my most people but it was just so much more rewarding once I could
2: yeah yeah it's definitely a, a struggle to, to learn and it takes time and you're, you're gonna feel you know silly and stupid making mistakes but like uh, people you know, people want to help you for the most part, and, and it's it's worth the worth the struggle. I'd say. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's necessary. If you, I don't yeah. think that should be a barrier for people that no. don't speak it, and you don't necessarily have to learn it, but you mm-hmm. probably would get more from your trip mm-hmm. yeah. if you did.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, another question that people would want to know before they start out is where would you do you sleep on the road? Like, obviously, you have a camper yeah. and you could sleep in here, but do you usually just find a spot? a quiet spot to camp? Yes. Is it safe? And...
2: So, yeah, I get this question a lot as well. Um, I I usually say it's about like a 30-30-30 split between like couch surfing. Uh, for those that don't know, check out couchsurfing.org um, and then sleeping in the van 30% of the time and then uh, hostels or hotels and stuff. Um, Can you remember if there was like a typical price of a, a night's accommodation? mm a lot of the times, like having the, the, the bus with me, uh, the van, a lot of the times if I was going to stay, like paid accommodation, such as a hostel or something, I'd try to negotiate it like a deal, like, hey, I'm going to crash in my van, I just really need to use you know, mm. your, your facilities and the Wi-Fi or whatever. And uh, Was that from a security point of view, so
0: that you could keep an eye on your van, or just because you were trying to keep the cost um... down?
2: partly because of the cost I mean it seems silly to pay for a bed when you have like a super comfortable bed with you mm-hmm. um, sometimes at, f- for security reasons um, but yeah I guess just most probably mostly cost and, and, and comfort convenience you have everything here you don't have to bring all your you know your bag inside and mm-hmm. deal with that right so and I guess like finding a place to park Uh, a lot of the time like in in u.s canada walmart parking lots are great not to you know promo walmart or anything but they have an open policy to accept campers and rvs and it's like safe they have you know security cameras and wi-fi and washrooms open so it's really convenient and you're not going to get hassled by the police or anyone um i guess like in latin america Uh, if possible and i'm by the ocean like beach camping is ideal Mm -hmm. Uh, but you have to kind of go with your gut feeling i I always kind of stress that to people is like it's important to kind of feel it out like is this a place where someone might see an opportunity to you know oh there's this foreign vehicle here that you know might have goodies inside like you are a bit of a target when you're in the hippie van, I mean, yeah. you know, oh. you see this thing a mile away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by, the same, by the same token, I feel like people see the l- license plates, Pazzy and War, Peace and Love in Spanish, and maybe that's like giving me some good karma or whatever. I yeah. totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I, to- I-, I totally agree And with you. Uh, And like having curtains, I mean, a lot of the time I, I think that also helps if you just, people don't know who, how many people are inside, who's inside. and if there's, like, those kind of uncertainties, I feel like that's probably another deterrent for keeping people from, you know, yeah. trying to tr- get in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, go with your gut. Uh, I've also done urban camping. I think we were talking about that the mm-hmm. other day. I'm sure you guys have done it as well. Yeah. And, like, that has a whole another group of challenges and, and stuff. So, I mean, especially using the washroom. If you're camped at the beach or, you know, off in the woods or in the mountains, you can just top out and, and uh, go. But if you're in... Nermid setting, you know, it's not, not as easy to do so. So you mm. know, you might want to have a, a wide-necked uh, water bottle or some sort of yeah, bucket you, or you something. You don't have
1: a, a shower. <laughs>
2: no, in here. I don't have a shower. I was yeah. I w- usually if I if I can't find one, I mean, a lot of beaches you'll find you'll find beach showers mm. and stuff like that, or you know, you again, you can just pay a hostel a few bucks to use theirs. Um, but otherwise, I just. Use a use a like a you know couple gallon thing of water and pour it all over myself. Yeah, good to go. Yeah. But I have noticed Ben's uh, sh- road shower, it's which so is, is pretty cool. So yeah. I'm thinking I might either try a DIY project or maybe if Road Shower is listening, <laughs> and you want to send a Road Shower to a, a it man listening. Just, <laughs> just saying, just saying. <laughs>
0: Yeah right. No, it's pretty useful having a shower on your roof. You mm, know, yeah. that thing's getting hot right now, and by the time the sun goes down, and I'm wanting to get cleaned up for the evening, I've got you know, warm a warm water shower that can be pressurised too. So yeah. yeah, we've enjoyed it.
1: Mm-hmm. And some other things you'll come across in this journey is the um, prices of gas. Yeah. Like, is that a big? Is that something that people need to kind of think about um, budget for? I mean, Obviously it's I found nice for thing.
2: the most part it all was like within twenty cents or so per like per liter, more or less the same, up and down. Like Ecuador and uh, Venezuela. Venezuela, had, I didn't go there, but Ecuador had super cheap gas. I think it's subsidized by the government. It's great, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I spent more time there just because of that. <laughs> yeah, I did circles around the country literally <laughs> because it was just so cheap, and it's not a huge country either, but. Uh, so it's yeah. roughly about a dollar yeah. a liter, which is what? for American people,
0: three seventy-five a gallon, something yeah, like that, something roughly. Like that. So Do you know
1: roughly, how much you spent on gas in the whole trip? You didn't keep track? No, I didn't
0: keep very good books. And yeah. you, can't, you can't help it. You've got to get from A to B. Yeah. It's an it's an expense that you need to mm. you know, account but we for. Get, so.
1: we, asked, we get asked that a lot. Like People want to know mm-hmm. exactly how much it will cost to do this trip, roughly. Or exactly yeah. Roughly yeah. how much it will cost. And it all depends on, obviously. I mean,
2: there's a lot of I mean, variables. What yeah. kind of car you're driving, how much weight you're hauling. Yeah, sure. You know, are you going off-roading? Are you just sticking to the highway. Are you doing city driving? Mm-hmm. It,
0: it does depend on what kind of trip you want. Because if you if you were to go to like, um, you know, every national park that you had to pay for or, or get a guide, in every for every trek you wanted to go on, mm-hmm. obviously your cost would be much higher. But you can do it really, really cheaply. Like the we averaged at around 10 bucks a day by sharing the van with other people. So mm-hmm. that like, if there was five of us, there'd be 50 bucks a day for the combi and all the food and the, and the gas. And we traveled really slowly. So it is possible to make it cheap. Um, but a lot of people are wondering how much it costs to to do the Pan American Highway. Or um,
1: well, how w- much they should start out with.
0: Do you, do you think that like gas would be the, your main expense?
2: Yeah, I would say definitely uh, gas was the main expense. Um, food is, is relatively low cost in, in most of the countries. So once you get south of the U S, um, yeah, I, I mean, accommodations because a lot of, you know, more than 50% of the time I'm either in the, the bus or, or, uh, couch surfing. I mean, even the times you do stay in hostels or, or hotels or whatever, you're not going to be paying more than 10 or $15, I mean, for, mm for a half-decent place, I mean, again, it comes down to what kind of comforts and luxuries you want or don't want, uh, but, yeah. Yeah. I don't
1: know. And if you do run out of money, like, there are people that stop and start mm-hmm. again, like, they stop and they park up their van somewhere and they yeah. go home and work for a little bit or whatever to get some more money. Yeah. Have you ever had to leave your bus somewhere? Yeah. Uh, so, I have.
2: Um, I mean, I'm working from the road, so it wasn't really because I ran out of money, per se, but... Uh, You know, if you're on an extended two and a half, three year trip or something, you want to visit your family or, you know, if there's friends or something getting married or funeral or whatever, you know, there's reasons you might, you know, have to go home or want to go home. And uh, so that's another like logistical challenge. Uh, I did it once from Colombia, which was really hassle free. It was only for like three weeks. So uh, my temporary import permit uh, was valid throughout the time, and it didn't matter, so I just left and came back, and it was all good. Where did you steal the, the van? Uh, like a paid parking lot, I think I for like three weeks, paid, I don't know, 75 bucks or something. It was like totally reasonable. And it was secure? Yeah, no, I didn't have any issues. That was in Medellin. Um, so that time was good. The second time I, I went back for, it was like a few months, and that was from Peru. And that time was a lot more challenging because uh, the temporary import permit would have expired while i was out of the country so i had to go through this nightmare of a bureaucratic process kind of canceling it and getting it verified that the car was stored at a certain location and getting that notarized and well yeah all this stuff yeah, um pain. yeah luckily i had the help of of a local who i met through couch surfing uh, which yeah, helped a good. lot yeah. um and then coming back and like reclaiming the vehicle i'd say was even more difficult because it was just like any excuse to make make it more difficult i felt like that's what the government was the mm-hmm. government workers or whatever were trying to do like i mean being totally un- unreasonable about something like the car being parked one block from you know 50 meters from uh, where the set address was, mm-hmm. like they wouldn 't accept that and and had had told me they 'd have to come back another day when it was at the correct address. It was just crazy and that that
0: 's kind of typical though of the bureaucratic process of yeah doing things like you know crossing the Darien gap, which we'll get into onto in a minute so i mean and border crossings too can be a bit of a pain like doing jumping through all the hoops and mm-hmm. getting all the paperwork signed it 's just part of it really isn 't it yeah
2: yeah. I found the the border crossings, like, weren't weren't too terrible. Like, I won't, definitely wouldn't let that be something to yeah. discourage you from going. I mean, you just have to... Typically, you need to cancel your temporary import permit from the country you're coming from and then get a new one, and then when you're going to, do your... your and all, your,
0: all the facilities to do that are, are right there. It's kind of like you, you're yeah. guided through, like, go to that yeah. office, go to here. And so, I mean, I found that... Typically, I would expect to spend anywhere between an hour and two or three, depending on whether they were having lunch, you know, in the middle of that process. Yeah. Would you say that's the same for you?
2: Yeah. Pretty typical. Let's say two or three hours. Don't go around nighttime. A lot of borders close, I think, around uh, six or seven or whatever. So try to go early in the morning. Early in the morning is Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm.
1: What about insurance?
2: Insurance? A lot of, well, like... Coming from Canada, my Canadian insurance was valid in the U.S., so then uh, going into Mexico, I had to purchase a new policy, and Mexico, as far as I could find, you can only buy six months is the minimum, so it was like 160 bucks for six months, which is cheaper than my North American, my mm-hmm. Canadian policy, but... Still quite expensive compared... To, I felt like south of Mexico, you'd, you'd never pay more than like $15 or whatever for a three-month uh, mm, thing, cheap. right? You'd say like 15 probably on average. Yeah.
0: Or. I think um, for the most part, we we personally didn't have insurance unless it was compulsory at the mm-hmm. border. Um, and in, if it was compulsory, I think in every single situation, we were able to get the insurance there then and there. Yeah. Maybe there was like one situation where the insurance office had been closed early and the border was still open so we had to like sleep at the border and wait until the morning but i mean yeah that doesn't matter you've got your house there
2: yeah i think uh for me it was only argentina was the only one i had trouble that they didn't have insurance at the border but everything else was yeah
0: yeah pays to do a little bit of research because these kind of things change with time as well you Mm -hmm. know most of the advice that's in this um this podcast this video is our our experience um, and it will be relevant to a lot of people that do it in two five, five years yeah. time but some of it especially the borders and you know anything to do with visas yeah everybody should check for their There's, particular situation yeah.
2: there is a, a site that I really uh, I use pretty much for every border crossing is uh, Drive the Americas Now I checked it actually a week or two ago and it's been down for the better know what's going on with them but I found that like for every single border crossing they have like uh instructions and stuff and then yeah. there's other people have like kind of updated and commented mm. like yeah. a wiki, right? So that's real useful.
0: Yeah, that's a good resource. I
2: hope they bring it back. Yeah, I don't know I don't know if it was just like an issue with their server or,
1: yeah.
2: mm. or maybe there needs to be a has Alaska <laughs> <laughs> <No way>. resource. <laughs> <laughs> See might yeah. work yeah you guys have your hands full there are some people that do these
0: journeys and they they get all the details about how much it cost, and you know how exactly they procedurally went through all of these tasks and they blog about it and that's great for people like you Mm -hmm. and i that are planning Mm -hmm. and other people that are planning to do the stuff and then there are other people that share pictures or videos and you know so other people can kind of virtually enjoy the journey from that perspective
1: you're that
0: guy i'm that guy you can't do both you could if you were superman i'm not superman
1: yeah
2: I think I'm more on the creative side than the, than yeah. the document, documenting like uh, yeah. of logistics. I'm still happy <laughs> those people exist. Cause, yeah, you know, they make it easier for people like us. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Internet people.
1: So There's this um, road trip, this Pan American Highway trip. Um, everyone that we've spoken to that has done it have, have had some kind of trouble mechanically. So that's something that you need to be prepared for. Either have like um, some money saved aside just in case you need mm-hmm. to spend it on fixing your car or be mechanically um, knowledgeable a yeah. little bit. To, did yeah. you fix your car a lot along the way or did you um, come across many big disasters like ben? Well,
2: like coming back to <laughs> earlier on in, in the conversation, I did do quite a bit of prep work to, yeah. to try to avoid that and... It, for the most part, it was like smooth sailing all the way until Ecuador. I had a uh, accelerator cable snap, and like just luck of of the universe. I don't know. I pulled up right in front of a house that had a Volkswagen Beetle in front of it, <laughs> and uh, this guy was sitting on the owner was sitting on the porch, and he just kind of came out and said, "Oh, what's going on?" And within I don't know 20, 30 minutes, he had jerry-rigged my, my uh, accelerator cable. With uh, some bike, leftover bike parts he had in his yard. And I was back on the road and got to the next major town and, mm-hmm. and got the proper uh, cable swapped out. And besides that... Um, did you make yeah. sure
1: you, you just had a maintenance schedule? Made sure that you just did everything? Uh, you didn't even do that. You mean, really you do, your, you do your oil <laughs> changes
2: every, yeah, just, uh, every X kilometers yeah, and I'm like...
1: Because it's a long... Drive, it was a long yeah. journey, like the longest road in the world. Yeah, the world. yeah just,
2: I, I don't know, it was pure luck or just the preparation leading up to yeah, it, maybe. or mix a mix of both. Or mm. you did have
0: the so, advantage that um, you weren't carrying like 10 people in the back of your car, which that probably helped. <laughs> yeah, if anyone was planning on doing this Pan American trip in a, in a Volkswagen, don't take 10 people, <laughs> that's a bad idea. Yeah,
2: and I don't know the validity of it, but. Uh, I've heard that the the German-made VWs are, have a, a little bit better uh, quality than not not In the no, Brazilian. what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, broke. how many times did you do an engine swap? For me? Did
1: you hear that, Capito? <laughs> <phone? laughs>
2: yeah, but I don't know. I don't know the validity, but within the Volkswagen I've community, too. I've heard it quite a bit, and it could just be like, you know, that superiority complex of (laughs) Northern American Volkswagen enthusiasts. But it seemed like driving through Latin America, that was like a lot of people from Latin America were really, you know, after getting German made Volkswagens as well.
0: As they should. Um, Can we just take a quick break? I want to make sure all the cameras are still rolling and stuff. Cool.
1: Well, guys, I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I hope it's not too much information. Never. Never. They
0: probably want more. They've probably got a list of questions that they're intending to Well, we have more coming us. up. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, just to give you a little break from this, guys, um, and also to tell you about some of the other resources we have. If you're interested about Pan American travel, uh, you probably already know that we documented our Pan American journey in a lot of detail, more detail than anybody has ever documented the journey before in the history of Pan American travel. Is that true? I think might that might be true. I think that might be true. We've got like over a hundred videos from our series. So if you haven't watched the After Alaska series, we highly encourage you to go back to our YouTube channel and check that out. And also we released a book um, which is available in ebook format so you can download that to your mobile device uh, or your computer. And that basically covers the untold story of our adventure in South America, which a lot of stuff happened before we got fully got into gear documenting. The adventure um in video so you know things from like murder to co- like corruption and you know lots of off-camera drama it's all been documented in a book which is actually donation based guys so you can go and get it for free if you really want to um, that's available on our website, combilife.com. Uh, that's, you can donate if you like. It's a, you know If you chuck a couple of bucks down, it helps us to continue to produce free resources like the one you're listening to right now and the one you might go and read and all of the videos that we put up on the YouTube channel. So please consider donating if you want to support you us.
1: Go check it out. It's a great book.
0: Yeah, shut up, shut up talking about donations then. <laughs> Also, guys, if uh, you ever shop on Amazon, you can um, use our links, which are on our website, combilife.com, or at the top of our YouTube channel. If you click on one of those Amazon links, we actually get a little bit of a percentage of anything you buy there. That's anything, and it doesn't cost you you a penny, and it doesn't change your shopping experience. So that's a really great free way to support us. Anyway.
1: Yeah, back to the conversation.
2: Yeah. We're back. (laughs) Yes. Back.
1: All right, another question that people want to know when they um, speak to us is um, about the Darien Gap. Yeah.
0: Ooh. <laughs> Do you think that puts anybody off?
2: I think so. I, I felt quite anxious, like, reading other people's accounts. There's The so most mem- dangerous jungle in the world. Yeah. I mean, not so much that, but just the <laughs> hassle of, like, having to ship your, your vehicle, right? And it is a pretty, like, substantial cost. I would yeah. almost say that was one of the, the largest costs of the sure. trip. How much was it, roughly? Uh, I think I paid fifteen, fifteen hundred once all was all the taxes and everything on, What did you on get
0: for that? How did you cross the gap? So
2: that was uh, through an agent in Panama. Um, can't recall the the agency, but it was like a hundred dollar fee to her. Then there's like maybe two hundred import fees in, in Panama, and then there's like nine hundred for the container, and then another three hundred in fees in in. Columbia. that's like roughly the breakdown as i recall it you know it was a few years ago now but um one thing i'll point out was like when i talked to the agent she's like oh yeah you can load the 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 your car right into the container and and you'll get to lock the lock the container up and it's completely safe and secure which was like complete crap because (laughs) we showed up to the port and the port workers are like, no, you're not allowed into the port. You need to give us your keys and yeah, like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, either. because of the advice I had been given, like I, I think totally didn't prepare anything and had a few like, you know, small insignificant things stolen. But it was just more of like a, it was annoying that you know I could have easily prevented it if I had known, but. Yeah. That's I good. Think
1: you had that yeah. problem too.
0: So. Yeah, well, I, I went a different way. I went roll on, roll off, which is like the the scumbag mm-hmm. cheap option. Um, it cost me six hundred and sixty dollars at the time, which is pretty cheap. Um, but I had to hand over my keys to somebody, go in the opposite direction in Colombia, and pick up my van in Panama like five days later. Um, and everything that wasn't tied down was stolen in between. So, yeah. but I, I had two huge boxes on the roof. Um, and I put anything valuable up there, so I, I didn't really miss anything. Yeah, that's good. But I guess that's a good point. If they do have access to your vehicle, they will steal stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. When I sh- so at, once I made it down to Argentina, I actually shipped the the van back up to Mexico, which was ironically cheaper than the the you know four hundred kilometer Darien Gap versus the what twenty thirty thousand kilometer uh, really? up to Mexico. It was only nine hundred with all the taxes and fees in. Um, cause yeah, that was another concern was like, I was going to drive this, you know, my, my home and my, you know, uh, down to Argentina. And I was like, was I going to just have to bail and leave it there, or you know, sell it there, you know, it would have been kind of a drag. It would be nice to continue adventuring in it. So I
0: wonder what percentage of people that, that cause I think mm-hmm. a lot of people drive s- north to south mm-hmm. rather than the other way around. I think, um, mainly, um, Argentinos um drive from the south to the north and me um so it's more typical to do it your way and i wonder what percentage of of those people ship it back or if they drive it
2: back because it's a long flipping way yeah i mean i think once is enough (laughs) (laughs) it's a great trip and like maybe i'd re-explored in you know 10 20 years or something like that would be cool but i think like just after you finish this massive journey like down or massive journey up, like you're not, you know, you've seen, seen a lot and you're maybe not so keen on doing, doing the whole thing over again in reverse, so. Yeah, no idea, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so let's keep talking about the Darien because I know that's Darien, um, yeah. something that people are quite concerned about. Um, how did you, once you did all of this paperwork and yeah. you'd signed it up, signed, uh, put your vehicle yeah. um, in the container, Mm-hmm. How long did they tell you before you had to be in Colombia?
2: I think it was a week. They gave me a week, and uh, and you and have to pay storage fees, right? If you if you take yeah, longer, yeah. So then, so that was kind of influenced my choice of like how, because you're not allowed to go on the boat, so you either have to take there's a there's you know I think you took a boat, right? Like uh, not the not the ferry that your car was on, but like another boat, right?
0: I took yeah. I, I kind of like tried to hike oh yeah and like took little launches like little speedboats between islands that's not really advisable if you have to be somewhere in a hurry
2: yeah so i was like kind of anxious about like oh you know am i gonna get stuck and then end up getting hit with all these like storage fees and i just ended up flying it was like 300 bucks uh and i flew to uh, colombia and it all worked out and yeah
0: flying's the the quickest way to do it right and it's would you say it's the cheapest it's definitely one of the cheapest
2: um, well, like, unless you're doing the way you did, which I think was probably cheaper. Um, they have, like, luxury sailing ships, but those are, I think, around 1000 from what really? I've heard. I don't know. They're, they're yeah, well, not cheap.
0: I remember <laughs> seeing some for um, about $500, okay. um, which includes about five days at sea. Um, and it's rough seas. Yeah. People what, usually yeah. get sick. And then you get to spend a couple of days on the San Blas Islands, mm-hmm. which are absolutely stunning. And I think that's the way that most people go. They yeah. they kind of take the opportunity to have like an all-inclusive um, break from the van or their yeah. vehicle.
2: Yeah, I think I was just like at that time really fe- feeling the squeeze. Like, you know, in California, I did my engine rebuild. And then I like, you know, four months later, I guess I did central in about four or five months I you know, had to do the shipping, which was another 1500 plus the 300 for the flight, or like, would have been more for the boat. I was like, already feeling like a financial squeeze, so I just went for like, the cheapest, most convenient route. Yeah. But
0: I think that's the, the option that most families choose mm-hmm. as well, actually, because you pay per person on the boat, so I found that most families um, would fly between the two mm-hmm. countries. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't really recommend that people try to do it the way I did, you know but there does seem to be there is a wiki page uh i'll try to link it below here that tells you how to get across the darien in the way that i went and i believe that people are starting to set up accommodation along the way so you won't have to string your hammock up in a football stadium like i did (laughs) stadium (laughs) like the little village football concrete thing (laughs) battle the the darien mosquitoes for Mm -hmm. five days straight while you wait to hitchhike on a boat
2: hope you don't get dengue because <laughs> there's a lot of that there right yeah. and malaria too yeah, malaria, dengue. um but don't let that stop you either like right. no i think a lot of people reach out for the oh but there's there's gonna be malaria it's like oh there's gonna be this and like i don't think i even took malaria pills or anything like no use I didn't. repellent if you're if you're really worried i think that's the most effective and yeah mosquito nets repellent or whatever right yeah mm-hmm. for sure
0: um, you were just talking about work. You are a website designer. Was that the right way to say
2: yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, web designer, or whatever you want to.
0: Okay, yeah. um, digital so nomad.
2: Yeah, basically build websites for people, and and. Uh, Is that a
0: feasible way to um, finance your lifestyle?
2: Yeah, I would I would say so. If you can, you can find a good work play balance, and, and you you know you have the self control the to be sitting in front of a beautiful beach, but, you know, mm-hmm. hunker down and, and get your work done. Um, the one kind of string attached is that it means you're going to need to constantly find Wi-Fi and able to do... And uh, how did you do that? Uh, I mean, it's it's really... The the whole Pan Am is, is pretty connected, I'd say, just about... Well, like, all the major towns and, and cities and even, like, smaller towns and cities now are getting... You know, you'll find connection... Uh, You can always pick up a local SIM card and, and, you know, if you really need to rely on that. Um, You know, the
0: buses in Uruguay, when I was there in 2011, had Wi Fi on the buses. I was like Uh having a Skype call with somebody (laughs) in Canada on a bus, like driving down this remote beach road in Uruguay.
2: Mm. That's crazy. What the heck?
1: That's
0: (laughs) crazy. Like, you don't even have that back home. What the hell?
1: I do now. You haven't been, uh, yeah, haven't for
0: been there for a while. Like, yeah, I haven't yeah. been there They've probably come out of
2: the dark ages. <laughs> <waters. laughs> I would say like uh, Bolivia had tro- was like one of the countries I, I had tro- a lot of trouble finding a decent connection and it yeah. made it kind of hard to to like, to like have a balance and like I had to kind of put some projects on hold and or like hold off on accepting new projects so I could still kind of enjoy the travel aspect of it. But
0: Did you find... Did you meet people that were kind of financing their Pan Am trip via working like as they went
2: yeah yeah I met a few few people doing it out like out of their Volkswagens like selling coffee or t-shirts and different stuff like that um, met other people you know doing web web development or you know online stuff
0: if you um, are gonna sell stuff um, as you go hitting up places like um, Belize or southern Mexico for the kind of artisanal yeah. stuff that they have there. And then um or in Guatemala buying it cheap and then selling it in the more expensive countries like I don't know, say Colombia or mm-hmm. you can make a bit of money like that. You can so, certainly yeah. pay for a few days on the road. But that's hard, right?
2: Yeah, I mean from experience I, I can't really say, but uh I mean I think like one in my my frame of mind it's like one website could, you know, fund a couple of weeks of travel, 3 weeks, 4 weeks of travel whereas like how many cups of coffee you're going to have to sell to to cover the same amount, I don't know, it's, Yeah, and it's,
0: these cups of coffee are not the same price yeah. as they would be in Canada. They, you know, they it's mm-hmm. South American. Yeah, or it's Central not Starbucks
2: American. $5 coffee prices. You like, no. can't get away with that <laughs> nonsense <laughs> down there. Um, so yeah, it's hard to I don't know. But there's people doing it. Some.
0: I did try to find a job in the south of Mexico when I was running out of money. And the best I could find was $8 a day. Now, whilst that would have been enough to pay for me to live whilst I was there, mm-hmm. it's not really enough to save up to travel. So um, in my experience, you can find work as you go. But it's, it's probably only going to be to maybe like you work in a hostel or something for free accommodation so that you can extend your trip in that way and keep your costs down you're not gonna you'll be you'll be lucky to find something working locally Mm
2: -hmm.
0: to fund a trip like that
2: yeah because even if you know you find something like a bartending gig which in u.s or canada you'd you'd make a ton on tips it's like the tip culture is not really the same in in latin america so you're not yeah it's going to be hard to get ahead i feel with a lot of those kind of uh t- temporary jobs at hostels and, yeah. and stuff like that there is one site i've heard of called HelpX. I uh, i don't know if it's dot net or dot com or org but it's uh basically list jobs all over the world um either on farms or hostels or all kinds of stuff house sitting tons of different jobs and like that. That's a good resource, I think. I know a few friends who use that and have, or have just been traveling, like, from place to place. And each place they go, they find something like that. So, at least, like, their meals and accommodation are covered. And mm-hmm. sometimes those will actually pay you on top of the meals and accommodation, mm-hmm. too, which is another option. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's there's always, like, a way, a way if you if you yeah. have the will, right? Yeah. There's always... And,
1: and going yeah. back to, like, the... Um, if you do... Uh, come, come to the point where you need to go back mm. home and work, and then come back. Like, yeah. is, is it expensive? I don't think I asked for you to 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 leave your bus somewhere um, secure. Did you spend a lot of money doing that? So like, is like that going to? yeah, the like Columbia for
2: three weeks was like seventy five. Peru, I lucked I I lucked out and just left it with a, a friend of a friend and in, in their garage, and same in. Brazil I left it my my friend from Toronto his cousin lived in outside of Rio so he had like a big property and just left it there and it was like for free for six months Mm so yeah I mean this
0: area is about a dollar a day yeah in the south of Baja California Um, That is actually a good point because a lot of people uh, think about doing this trip And I think there's no way that I could ever take six months off from my business or my lifestyle and go and do this Mm -hmm. But there are people that do it in chunks Mm -hmm. that they drive a car down say they work contractually They're like two months on two months off Mm -hmm. or whatever however it is Um, They'll drive down a bit park the car fly back fly back to the car and keep going all the way it might take them five years to like me <laughs> it might take them a long time to to do the pan-american highway yeah. but you don't have to do it all in one go yeah, yeah. you know that is totally, totally an option
2: yeah
1: yeah we know heaps of people we've met a lot of people doing that that um stop and yeah. go back home work and come back to the car yeah. and
2: yeah and if you can make local friends i mean you may not know. even have to pay storage fees and yeah yeah I don't know. Mm. <laughs> that's an Pretty option nice. So no excuses. No excuses. Well, you, I mean that's the thing. You can make any excuse you want, but at the end of the day, I think it's an excuse. Really, like it just comes down to, to deciding I'm gonna do this, and like I'll, f- you know, there's gonna be challenges and just finding the way, right? Like you yeah. come across quite a few challenges, and <laughs> that's the stuff that no. makes you stronger, though. Yeah, exactly. Those oh, so are the the
0: it is the. It's not an adventure until something goes wrong, right? They say, exactly. and it's those those challenges that you overcome that help you grow as a person. They're the things that you're most likely to remember, and they usually turn into the best stories. So
2: totally.
1: And this is that horror we just recently um, heard about that the people that got crashed. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's kind of a showstopper. Yeah. If you're, you But know, I mean that can becomes a write yeah. off. That's that a can happen situation. any.
2: You know that can happen in your own hometown. You can get. Yeah, t-boned or something yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. bad That's stuff true. can happen anywhere and, and I think uh, a lot of people have this uh, a negative idea of Latin America in general just because of how it's portrayed a lot in Hollywood and, and the media but uh, I, I don't know your experience but I just know almost everyone I came across was really friendly and opening and mm-hmm. kind and I mean there's bad apples everywhere and, yeah, and yeah. hopefully you don't come across them but like uh, it can happen anywhere mm-hmm. so Huh. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have similar yeah. <laughs> experiences. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I mean, look, like we, 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 well, we did a, another podcast about safety and security in, in Latin America, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, we haven't really heard of many horror stories, or we haven't experienced mm-hmm. any horror stories either. Anyway, yeah. I mean, use your there. common sense, yeah,
2: don't drive at night that's so. a that's good advice
0: <laughs> partly because of bandits but mostly because yeah. the roads are really bad yeah there'll
2: be cows in another road or just washed out road or potholes yeah. that are
0: like and you miss <laughs> the scenery when you drive at night anyway so yeah what's the point exactly and the best the best time to find a, a free place to, to sleep is before it gets dark so exactly yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: um what else have we got other things we can speak about
1: um where to get water
0: water. This is a funny one but people do sometimes like wonder the food mm-hmm. seems to be fairly obvious like there must be people eating down there. Yeah. And then there's the water thing. People start rumors like don't drink the ice. You know, locals don't want to drink bad water either. Mm-hmm. So for the most part all of the ice is purified. Yeah. And they the the drinking water that they would give you in a tap is good quality drinking water. Yeah. Don't you think?
2: Yeah. I would say for the most part um tap water <laughs> tap water i might be depending where you are like i always ask people local people what you know their take on it is
0: did you drink much tap water
2: um like it varied place to place like you know if a lot of the time i find beach towns you want to be careful because um i think just in general they have more issues with getting fresh water but if you're up in the mountains like i'd be more prone to to drinking the mm-hmm. tap water or a major city like chances are they have water you know sanitation and stuff to a higher level so just talk to to local people and you know fi- feel it out and even a lot of countries too they have like uh, clean water stations where you can yeah. like yeah go pay a couple bucks and they'll fill your jugs and
0: that's what we tended to do most yeah. of the time, just to avoid any doubt. Um, mm-hmm. It's super cheap. It's mm-hmm. what a lot of the locals do. There's just, you know, they have reverse osmosis mm-hmm. and they, they fill it up in a few seconds. They clean the bottles for you. Yeah. Um, you know, why not?
2: Yeah. And I mean, like, every store, every gas station and store is going to sell water bottles. But, like, that in mind, you don't want to, like, mess up the environment by constantly yeah. tossing out, you know, bottle after bottle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But if but, you're in a pinch, you can, all, you know, you're not going to die think and starve it. You know. had
0: those purification tablets. I'm not sure if that would be a good thing to do long term. No, no, I
1: wouldn't no, recommend no. it. I think that's if you a But that's a just an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> but the
0: pet, you can get those pens. Um, there was a guy that traveled, jumped in the bus. And the
1: UV pin. Yeah,
0: he was one of the first people to jump in the bus back in Argentina. And um, you just stick a, the light in and it kills mm-hmm. like 99.9% of viruses and bacteria. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. But, I mean, it's a good thing to have, you know, so mm-hmm. that's an option.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But water but shouldn't be a showstopper found water. either.
1: There was never a, a situation where you'd no. get stuck without water.
0: It, it eventually rains somewhere. Been.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about, um, speaking of drinking about water, medical situations? You had Did you to, have, I have had to had go? dramas?
2: Had yeah, yeah. I, I had an allergic reaction in Ecuador and went to the hospital and... They like you know, gave me something. I should. That was like one thing my my mom was actually kind of like upset about. She's like, "How did you go to the hospital and they gave you something you don't know what you took?" And I was like, "I don't know." It made me feel better. Like, but uh, you had a white coat I on. mean, she works in a hospital back home, so yeah. she has like a different perspective, I guess, on it. And like, it would probably be good to to you know write down what you're you've been given or taken. And, um, I needed stitches once or twice too, and that was. Uh, it, I mean the medical systems are pretty, pretty good and I don't think I even used my like travel insurance. It was so, I think it was f- like in Colombia uh Brazil it was like free, mm. I, don't, I don't know how that was. but yeah. I had
0: trouble, um, I didn't really have to go to the doctor all that often. Um, I found when I did or when people I was with they did that it was always really cheap mm. um, and nobody ever had insurance yeah. so that was good. Um, I had trouble sometimes explaining like I've got a stomach sickness yeah. and trying to get the right pills for whatever I had. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the the kind of technicalities of the that that language. Yeah, I can speak basic Spanish, but when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know,
2: saying, I've got worms or yeah. something like that, like, <laughs> hang on, let me get my dictionary. Yeah. Worm. This is like another reason that having a local sim is handy because then you can just pop open Google uh, Translate and off it goes mm-hmm. instant communication but another point on that is don't rely on Google Translate too much or you're not going to learn anything because that was like a mistake I made at the start I just like always default <laughs> to Google Translate and then i realized like I'm not learning anything this way like I need to you know struggle out and be like como dice <laughs> you
1: know,
2: this and that and like act it out and, and that's how you're really
1: going to pick it up I think yeah Um, We're talking a lot about, like, Latin America and, like, south of the U.S. border, but did you have any issues once you got into the U.S. and Canada going all the way up Um, that people need to be aware of? Obviously, it's more expensive, like, eating. They also,
2: the U.S. just elected this guy, uh, kind of a (laughs) douchebag. Trump. (laughs) Wait, maybe we should delete that and I'm going to be banned (laughs) from the U.S.
0: (laughs) The comments Uh, on this video just (laughs) went from 20 to 500.
2: uh, Um... No, it's pretty smooth sailing. I mean, that's one thing, driving around in a painted hippie van that people ask me a lot. They're like, oh, don't you get pulled over by the police all the time? And, like, surprisingly in North America, I've not been pulled over once, like, hmm. um, which is which is cool, knock on wood. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, like...
1: It's harder to find places to sleep.
2: Again, default, kind of like Walmart. There's yeah. a Walmart in every city, um to find
0: nice places like at the beach that you would find.
2: That's gonna be trickier. South. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of lot more. Uh, oh, what do you call it? Uh, regulation in the U.S. and mm. Canada as far as you know camping and stuff, and uh, so you, you know you might get a knock on the. I've never had it, but I've heard, you know met numerous You've other people.
1: Never peop- had the knock. No. What?
2: Never. Nobody oh home.
0: Goodness. There's nobody <laughs> home. <laughs>
1: That is strange because this vehicle is like not very stealthy. Yeah. It's bright and colorful and like... I you, don't know so, and I, I've know done, that done that lots of urban there.
2: camping and like never had the off. That so. is crazy.
1: Maybe it is good vibes. Yeah. Vibes.
2: People are like, ah, oh, he must be all right. I want to travel with you. <laughs> <laughs> got, like, definitely got
0: good karma. <laughs> Yeah.
1: All right. What else do you think people need to know about the Panamera? I
0: would like to know, because a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to, like, Latin America, I'm going to drive to South America. Um, I need to take the biggest, baddest 4x4 vehicle that uh, I can possibly take. You did it in a two-wheel drive vehicle. I did yeah. it in a two-wheel drive vehicle. What do you think? Like, was there a lot of times that you felt that you missed out?
2: Not at all. And, like, as a matter of fact, I went in quite quite rocky and off you know off-roading and quite, like crazy terrains and like this thing just handles so well it's it was a really good design I mean it doesn't have a ton of power but I guess just the way the weights distributed and like it has a lot of ground clearance so you know you might have to go a little bit slower but like you'll you'll make it through and I've never you know besides going out onto a beach and like getting stuck in the sand I've never really gone stuck anywhere and and gone Mm. on some really fun off-road adventures so I don't think you need four wheels. Like, I've even had times where locals are like, oh, you can't go there without four wheels. No way. No, yeah. no, no way. You can't go. And I I went, and I'm like, yeah, this was fine. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Um, yeah, I would say get a vehicle with good, good clearance because, you know, there are lots of places where the, the roads are very uneven, and and you don't want to be bottoming out and potentially doing damage to your vehicle. But... I don't think you need four wheel drive.
0: Yeah, uh, always asking the locals what's the road like yeah. ahead of uh, ahead of me is is good. Yeah. Um, it's a good option. Apart from the time I asked if I could make it back up that hill if I go down it, and they said, "Yeah, you'd be fine."
1: <laughs>
2: I was stuck down there for
0: five days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm never gonna leave. Uh, yeah, I got stuck on one. There was like one hill in in Peru, and I was like, I went down it and then the it was blocked at the bottom and i couldn't turn around and like trying to get out in reverse it was so steep that like i didn't have a good run at it at all Uh, that's a good option though to go out in reverse because you you have
0: more power in reverse Mm -hmm. right or more torque or whatever it is it's easier yeah so two wheel drives um get the thumbs up yeah as long as it's
2: a volkswagen (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can't vouch for other other brands and makes but
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely Um, Can you think of anything else that we haven't touched on that other people might Hmm. wonder about the Pan-American? It's been pretty thorough, this conversation. Yeah, we've talked about
2: a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. Um. we met a lot of people doing it, like coming over from Europe and doing Mm -hmm. it and coming Mm -hmm. down. There's a lot of
0: Euros Um, doing it. In fact, I think that there was more Europeans doing the Pan-American Highway than there were Americans or Latin Americans or at least 50-50,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is quite surprising. So we would like to see more people from the States. Thank you very much yeah. for getting down there. Um, <laughs> it's a heck of an adventure. It's, if you are American, it's on your doorstep. You know, you are already attached to the longest road in the world. What are you waiting for? Like, pretty much, I think much, it's the right? time.
1: I think it's, it, people don't take that much time off to do things like that. But like we said, we, you can do it in parts, and like stop and mm-hmm. start. And, it's possible to do it.
0: It is possible to do it. It's the best investment at the time of your own time that you could ever have. I mean, do something for yourself. You'd spend the rest of your time in your life doing it stuff is. for other people.
2: I concur. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. You will not regret it.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Even if you do it and you absolutely hate it and you think, this is the worst thing I've ever done with my time, at least at the end of your life, you're not going to be like,
1: what if
2: what if i had just
0: done that one big adventure
2: i would love to hear from someone if there's someone listening and you did the pan am and you hate it i would personally love to hear about your experience because i don't know i'm i'm highly doubtful that there's anyone who has done the pan american or or a good portion of it and not loved it and Mm. enjoyed it and thought it was valuable yeah
1: yeah I'm just trying to think, like a lot of people that we meet that are that are about to do it, like we met a lot of people in Alaska mm. and um, uh, Canada that were just starting, and they were just concerned mainly about safety.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's like probably the biggest, the biggest thing that always comes you know. up. Is it safe?
1: Yeah, is it it's safe, safe to sleep like on the right? Like, yeah. Yeah, like you said before, you just need to, you know. You'll yeah. find yeah. your feet,
0: I mean you you just you'll figure it out when you get going you'll know what's where you can sleep remotely mm-hmm. for the most part if you are more remote you are potentially more of a risk because people feel like they might be able to come and you know ask you for your possessions or take your possessions mm-hmm. without other people seeing seeing your like mm-hmm. getting without other people seeing that they're committing a crime um on the other hand the most remote places are the most rewarding places because mm-hmm. you know you get the best views you like that's that's the stuff you post on your Instagram, and, like, yeah. that's the stuff that makes everybody want to go and do it in the first place. So um, you just got to play it by ear. You yeah. you figure it out. You arrive in a town, you ask people
2: if it's dangerous, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you know, mm-hmm. you stay or you don't. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed, like, in in the U.S., close to the border, how much, like, mis- I don't know, how distorted people's perceptions are of Mexico. Because, like, you'd meet people in, in Texas or... Or Cal, you know even southern california that like are like you're gonna go into mexico like you're gonna lose you're gonna get decapitated are you crazy yeah. it's a war zone and you're like yeah like Me- mexico has its problems mm-hmm. definitely you know there's some serious issues here but for the most i mean that's not spilling over so much into like tourism and and, mm-hmm. and that right and for the most part it's fairly safe as long as you're again traveling in the daytime and you know, do some research about the different areas and and you know, if you're sticking to the the coast, like the Pacific, you you're not gonna come across issues mm-hmm. I feel like. Mm-hmm.
0: There are problems with the cartel, but don't you think that that problem with one country saying the next country is dangerous is typical th- throughout the world. Yeah. Like every time yeah. I got to a border, that country, the people there would say, Oh you don't want to go yeah. there. Or you gotta be yeah. really careful when you go to Nicaragua. Yeah. And when you get there they're like, oh. they're
2: like, Oh, oh Panama, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Colombia, oh, Ecuador, just, do not go to, and <laughs> Venezuela, forget it, it's just criminals. People <laughs> are just
0: scared of um, what they don't know, yeah. and they like to hang on to that fear, Just like they, that validates them mm. for not having to go to the other place, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, go find out yourself, and then make up your own mind. Yeah. I'm tell- I've done it, I'm telling you, it's fine. Yeah. So. It's
1: fine, just keep safe, they just, you know, things you need to be yeah. aware of. And Street always smarts.
0: Carry yeah. a machete
2: don't take the shortcut through the dark alley at night yeah like you know sure was a psa like that or something (laughs) well thanks very much aaron yeah it was a pleasure it's really cool uh, chatting on your show
0: picking your brain
2: yeah Yeah. thanks
0: for sharing all your wisdom with the world hopefully we've inspired some people with these tips that's that's what's all the name of the game
1: Good luck with your next adventure.
2: Yeah, and likewise. See you in Europe? Mm. Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) See where the road takes us. Yeah, we'll
1: see. Awesome, thank you. Cheers. Guys, thank you so much for sticking around. We hope you enjoyed that conversation and we hope we answered all your questions. We tried to answer as many as we could. Um, So if there is any more, sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Guys, if you wouldn't mind, go and give us a little rating on iTunes. Let people know that what we're putting out here is uh, of... A certain number of star qualities which we'll leave up to you to decide but it would be nice for other people to be able to see this resource exists and your rating of our podcast will help that happen
1: mm-hmm. guys we'll have another adventure experts to you soon as soon as we meet them
0: yes yeah, more podcasts coming from the combi live podcast but we don't know when that'll be because we have to wait until we meet, meet. Ins- inspirational people on the road so make sure that you're subscribed to our podcast on itunes Until next time, guys. Happy travels. Ciao.